but he shall reign. You know, so here's the thought that I got stuck on all week long is that God sent his son into this earth from heaven. Like, like that's a simple idea, but think about that. This dimension that we can't see, this dimension that is real, God in heaven, almighty, right? All power under his authority. Just think about that. This invisible dimension that we can't see that we will one day, praise God, made a decision to overshadow Mary and somehow bring himself in the form of a human, limited in all ways like we are, yet without sin, into this earth. Now think about that. What a miracle that is, you know? We, all these babies around here, I got to hold um, baby Shiloh, the camp's baby, which I know Lyle's itching to get back in here and get on the drums, but they're, they're just enjoying their time with the baby. Not even two weeks old yet, I don't think, but... You think about that. You think about God sending His Son into this place. Now, the Son aspect, the salvation aspect is important, right? But to me, what I got stuck on this week thinking about is this idea of the, the mechanic of it, right? Like, so if you could see that side of heaven and look into, like if you could see both, if you could see that invisible realm of God making the, I mean, what was it like, you know? That we were on His heart to the degree that he would make that kind of a decision, that he loves us so much that he would step into humanity. Seems a little risky to me, you know? He was in the flesh. He was just like us. I mean, things could may, may have gone really wrong, but that aspect of something coming out of heaven into this realm to interact with us, to bring us salvation. Are you getting me? I don't know if I'm communicating this in the way that it hit me this week. But just the fact of, it's almost like a seed, you know, when I think about it. It's a seed, it's an invisible, intangible, you know, almost something like an idea, but a force, an energy that came into this earth, overshadowed Mary, conceived a child, which then came into this earth. So it's really powerful, that spiritual aspect of the connection that we have with the Father. And, and so what I think is we forget that part of the Christmas story. Or praise God for salvation that we get to go into that dimension one day. But that dimension came here and took up residence inside of us. And in fact, brought his kingdom with us, which is what I want to talk about today. I've got a lot of slides, but we'll click through these, you know. You just see them. I want to have, I got to have at least one Christmas picture. You see, you know, I don't know if that's what they look like, but we'll just pretend. But you think about this baby, you know, God, I mean, God Almighty into the earth as a human to deliver us from sin and death, to deliver us from that which separated us from him. And we forget about that when we get all twisted up about elections and sicknesses and division and economic status and what my mama did to me and what my daddy said that I can't forget and what my neighbor's doing. I can't believe that. Did you see what the neighbor did? They can't believe they said that to my child. You know, we, we, we get stuck in the carnality 
of the world, and we forget that he shall reign, right? So I've got a lot that I'm going to go into. We'll make it through quickly, but I want you to walk out of here today with the idea, I will let him reign. Just go ahead and decide that. You will let him reign over your heart and over your life because in this time, that is how he is seeking to reign in the earth. We know that he will come and reign, but he's reigning now. Amen? So let's look at some of these passages here. This is Isaiah 9, starting in 1. Now, this is talking about the Messiah coming and the kingdom that would be established. And I love how it starts off because this is for us now. We put this off into the future, but it's for us now. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. You carrying around any doom and gloom? You know, do you see a lot of that? All you got to do is flip on TV. I quit watching it. I just did just because it's like, man. All right, let me keep going. There will be no more gloom. You don't have to have that gloomy sense of the world. You know, a lot of us have reason to have that sense of gloom. Gloom meaning kind of just that general expectation that the odds are stacked against me. The world is stacked against me. And that might be true. But for the kingdom of God that dwells within you, he shall reign and you shall reign with him. Amen? I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because where we end is really good. So, in the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. What's that light? Skip to verse 6 here in Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born... To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. The government ain't on Trump's shoulders. It ain't on Biden's shoulders. The government that we really want to be a part of is on his shoulders. Amen? I don't care who's president or czar or ruler or whatever in any nation on this planet. Which kingdom are we going to be a part of? Which kingdom are we expecting to reign in our lives? Man, have we not been bombarded over the past however long. Because that's just the way the world is, you know? We get all stuck into all that stuff. I'm trying not to go too far because I want to stay on track. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. Amen? Now, we're waiting for it to start, but maybe we're going to repent a little bit. We're going to change our mind a little bit about when it starts here. So of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign. Just say that. He will reign. Amen. On David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness, from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. God's busy. So from that time on, when would you say from that time on is? 
A lot of people think that him ruling and reigning from that time on is when he returns the second time. But let's keep going. Say, keep going. Keep going. Okay, I think I will. First, so Matthew 4, starting in 12. So we read that about the prophecy of Jesus in Isaiah 9. This is the fulfillment. Matthew 4, 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulon and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. We just read that. Land of Zebulon and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in great darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. From that time on, same phrase, from that time on, this is, this is what we got to get in our heads. We're not waiting for him to reign. From that time on that they saw Jesus walking in the land of the dead, those in darkness saw a great light. From that time on, he began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. From that time on. Listen, quit waiting for the good stuff. Quit waiting to think that Jesus is going to come in and conquer everything for us and make everything right. Now, here's what happens. You flip into your old carnal thinking, you think, well, haven't you seen the world? Haven't you seen who's president? Haven't you seen who was president? Haven't you seen what China's doing? Haven't you seen what Russia's doing? Haven't you seen, you know? And it's like, haven't you seen Jesus is reigning? If you're not, I repent. And he preached the gospel of the kingdom, which is where we're going in 2021. We're just going to stick on the gospel in 2021. Uh, we have this book, most of you've read it, the, Go uh, the Gospel of Peace, Jim Richards. We'll make sure that we have a few out there. Um, Adam and Stacy are sick. Adam does everything around here. <laughs> so when he's not here, we're like, oh, 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 oh. Love you guys. Miss you guys. Praying for you. Lots of people are sick, actually. There's, we've heard from several families that are struggling, sick. And I appreciate those. If you have any remote symptom at all, just stay home. You know, it's all right. We've got this magic camera back there that will bring this message right into your home. Anyway. All right. So, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So, a little bit more on that. Mark chapter 1. After the arrest of John, Jesus went into Galilee and proclaimed the gospel of God. The time is fulfilled. Now, yes, there is a future. Yes, there is a second coming. Yes, there's a resurrection and a final judgment. And all that stuff is still late, lies ahead of us. But God's spiritual kingdom is here. The question is, are you going to let him reign in you? and lead you in this life so that you reign with Him in this life. And what does that look like? Well, that's between you and the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm not talking necessarily about you getting your Bugatti in your mansion. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Although He wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. What's the car you saw there? The Tehran? What is it? Tuatara. I might have to update my car reference to Tuatara. That thing smoked the Bugatti. Uh, 
Say preach. I'm getting off track. Verse 15, the time is fulfilled. He said, and the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the gospel. You know, I think when you repent, in other words, you change the way that you think. Now, you might need to repent of sin. You know, usually when Christianity preaches the word repent, it's related to sin. But you also need to repent of, not, of, of thinking carnally. Thinking carnally is not necessarily a sin, but it leads to death. Thinking carnally puts death glasses on, and everything you look around is dead. In my carnal thinking and the way that I think, and how's this going to work, and how's that going to work, and I don't understand what's happening. Oh, my God! You put your death glasses on. Stop it. I'm a little fired up that we actually see him reign even in our own hearts first and foremost. Because we're heading into a year where the whole world is in shock. Like, if you, if you understand trauma and you understand emotional shock, everybody, everybody kind of constricts and flips into survival mode when they're in shock. And everybody tries to hold on and everybody's trying to, you know, make, make because your, your, your emotion is trying to balance itself out. Your, your thinking is trying to balance itself out. You're trying to find your anchors. You're trying to find a foundation. And when you feel, when you're in shock and the residual trauma is affecting you and we're seeing the whole world traumatized, there's a collective global trauma happening. What are we going to do? Because trauma causes you to go into survival mode and everybody's in survival mode. Not necessarily making a statement about Anything, really, other than just where we are in our hearts as a society globally. And we, as Christians, need to know that. When you go out into the world, it doesn't mean we judge people and say, well, you're in fear. You know, I mean, quit pointing the finger at people and telling them they're in fear because they make a choice or not. They are where they are, but collectively, the mindset of humanity is traumatized. And we have the solution, and that is peace. The peace of the living God dwells within us because the living God dwells within us. And how we conduct ourselves and how we treat people and how we respond ourselves is going to determine whether or not we're allowing Christ to reign in us, which will determine whether or not we're going to reign with Him in this earth until He returns. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We've been talking kingdom kind of stuff. I'm transitioning into gospel, moving into the year. Oh, I didn't tell you why. I was, did I mention the book? I forgot to... I forgot to finish that. So the gospel of peace, we're going to focus on that on Wednesday nights for the first six weeks in 2021. Pick you up a copy. If you can't afford it, we'll get We're going to discuss it on Wednesday nights and we'll talk about, you know, probably mostly Romans when we get into January, just, just re-anchoring ourselves in the gospel, the gospel of peace, the gospel of hope, the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the gospel of power, and all of the benefits that come along with what Jesus accomplished in His finished work. I mean, we talk about that a lot, but we talk about it in practice and in function, applying it to our lives, but we're going to go through a lot of the doctrinal stuff as well and just kind of relay all that foundation. Does that sound good? Because the world is starving, and they need to hear the gospel. The gospel is the power of God, and it's what Jesus came and preached from that time on, from the beginning. From the time that God planned, I'm going to, on a rescue mission into humanity, to redeem them back to myself for all that would come through the work that I'm going to do for them, I will plant myself, I will plant my kingdom in that earth. 
to rescue them, to deliver them from darkness, to set them free from sin and death. And from the time I plant myself in that earth, they will reign with me. They will transcend the darkness. They will live above the division. They will live above the fear that's in that world. They will be connected with me and allow my spirit to teach them and give them wisdom and birth my fruit through them until I return. And then it gets even better. Repent and believe the gospel. And until then, until he returned, and we went through this a few weeks ago. You can go back and watch those messages. 1 Corinthians 15, 24, 25, 26. Then comes the end. And there's a lot behind that statement, but we'll just read this part. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that be, will be destroyed is death. So he must reign until he's put all his enemies under his feet. We think once he's put all his enemies under his feet, then he'll come and reign. Now, in this moment, right now, the Holy Spirit, active through you, is busy putting all his enemies under his feet. When you resist temptation and you don't give in to that carnal choice that draws you into sin and death and you choose the grace of God and allow it to empower you and you arise above that sin that so easily besets you, He is reigning in you and then He reigns in this life. And then the glory that comes from you choosing that grace in the face of other people that know your failures and they watch that transformation that comes from His grace, He is ruling and reigning in you and then in this earth and then they have a choice. Man, I knew Mike. What happened to him? Because he, you know, I'll be nice. <laughs> Are you with me? I mean, we owe it to the world and our families to allow Christ to reign in us so that they will see what it looks like for Christ to reign. Now, we get into this mindset, especially charismatics think, well, here's how Christ is going to reign. We're going to take over the world. We're going to put Christians in office, and it's got to be our brand of Christian that's in office. And we're going to take over media. We're going to take over government. We're going to take over this and that, like this whole seven mountain thing. Anybody heard of the seven mountain thing? I'm not really trying to downplay that necessarily, but we will not establish the kingdom of God through carnal constructs like television and government and finance and music and media and whatever those seven mountains are. If you're unfamiliar with that, look at it. There's a lot of good principles in that. If you're a Christian and you're in those fields, be a good one. You know what I mean? Make good decisions. Legislate properly. Write music accordingly. Handle your business in honoring of God, right? Amen? But that is not the way through which Christ is going to reign in this earth. That is a mindset that is looking for God to come in and take over and make everybody do what He wants them to do. It ain't going to happen that way. The way that Christ is reigning in this earth now is over your heart and will you allow His fruit to bear within you peace, joy, 
righteousness, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness. You allow Him to reign in you that way, you then are prepared to go into this world and allow Him to reign through you. And when you do out of that place, it changes the world around us. You know, too many Christians are sitting begging God for revival to show up and make something happen. It don't work that way. He's coming back. And when He does, every knee will bow. But until then, He's reigning through us in His church. Not limited to just that. I don't want to put Him in a box. You know what I'm saying? But He's given us dominion until He return. Let's keep going. Luke 17, 20. Once... On being asked by the so so, uh, I want to get into this kind of mindset here of what Jesus kind of warned us about. So once being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, "The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. It's not something that can be elected in. It's not something that can be created through a widget. It's not something that the proper type of economic structure structure will usher in." It's not whatever it is that we have our hope and our faith acorned in. Are you with me? Now, that doesn't mean that we abandon that stuff, right? It doesn't mean that we just check out and, like, write Jesus in when you go to vote. Like, that was a thing that happened back about four years ago. All these Christians got together, and they thought they were going to be cute. And it's like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to write Jesus on the ballot. That happened. It happened. A bunch of them. The kingdom, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst or in you. I'm telling you, please don't forget this. Going into 2021, when we're looking externally for the world to reflect what we think it should reflect, the world is like a screen. You know, we see these, we don't, so that's a projector back there. The projector is casting an image onto the wall and you can see it. Our hearts, our beliefs, who we think we are is projecting an image into the world. And that is the reason the world is in the state that it's in because of what people are carrying in their hearts. And if you're carrying fear and division and looking to the world and then determining what you're going to allow inside of you, you're going to project death. You're going to project division. You're going to project into the world those things that will not produce the kingdom fruit that you're after. The battle is in the mind. The battle is in the heart. The battle is within, is it not? Is he reigning in you? And then are you going to live out of that? Angels would show up and say, don't, don't be afraid. Stop being afraid, even in the face of whatever the darkest situation you can imagine. Open your heart and let the Spirit speak to you in these moments. Here it is, or there it is. Nope, it's in your midst. Say, it's, say the kingdom of God is within. Make that a meditation. Like make, make that a, a, a phrase that you mutter over. You know, because that, that's what we desire. We desire to see the, uh, the, the, the structure of God's kingdom in the earth, right? 
We want to see it in our families. We want to see it in our kids' choices. We want to see it in the government. We want to see it in business. We want to see it in the general status of the whole world. You know, like people that think that we should just give everybody enough to get by on and just eliminate basic needs. You know, it's like, ah, but what's going on in those people's hearts, you know? That, that's what we got to get at. We got to get people inwardly to hold on to the Spirit of God to bear fruit because external carnal need burns up. Are you with me? I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm trying to talk about helping people connect with the kingdom inwardly. So, I just have this idea. Let Jesus be the king of your heart in 2021. Now, I've got two things I want to also put in here. In the meantime, in other words, until he return, and you are endeavoring to reign with him in life, and you are acknowledging that he shall reign until he return, and he's busy, he's active. See, when he came, when he, when Jesus Bore, when he became sin on the cross, he took the curse of the law. He became your sin. He became your disease and your sickness. And he destroyed all of its power over you because as a human, he was that substitute to receive the penalty of the law, right? So forevermore, God has nothing else to hold against you because he already put it in Jesus, now, should you continue in sin? No. no, God forbid. Man reaps what he sows. Stop it. Quit and quit. Anyway, let me keep going. What I was going to say is quit thinking that that's what people are saying when they preach that stuff, you know. Y'all don't believe that because you're sitting in this church. That's what we talk about all the time. But Let me just stay on track. So here's two things. This is actually one thing. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Herodians. And then the second thing is, remember the parable of the wheat and the tares. I'll, I'll, let me explain. So starting with, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Herodians. So you're in this place. It's Christmas. Praise God. We are so thankful that God did not give up on humanity because he could have. He could have said, let's start over. And that was in his mind at a certain point to do that. Thank, praise God that he didn't, right? Whatever he would have done would have been glorious and merciful, but we're still here. And the fact that we're still here puts us in this place where we just talked about. He, sent, he came here himself. The Son manifested into this earth, went about preaching the gospel, and we are too to go about preaching the gospel until he returned and how glorious that will be. Amen? But until then... Be mindful of a couple of things. One of them is this. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Herodians. Now, let me just read where he gives that warning. Mark 8. <clears throat> so, the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, <laughs> I can just see you. You know, here's God in the flesh, right? And these knuckleheads come up and test him. He's like, oh, man, here we go. Now, that's my Jesus, but, you know, yours might be sweeter. <laughs> but he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? And assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And he left them and getting in the boat, 
departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Now keep in mind, this is right after they saw him feed thousands with two fish and five loaves of bread, fed thousands. They just saw this happen, and this is where they go with it. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. I'll explain that in a second. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It's because we have no bread. He was addressing their mindset and their heart. And I'll come back and explain that. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of, gar of fragments did you take up? They said 20. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, twice, you know, a lot of people kind of forget that. Twice he fed thousands with just a little bit of food. And when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets or full of fragments did you take up? And they said seven. So he said to them, how is it you still don't understand? All right, what's he saying here? A little bit of teaching mode. I'm going to flip back into this just for a second here. When he says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, the leaven of the Pharisees, most of us know, is basically legalism. The Pharisees, so there were different sects of Jews. You could call them denominations almost. There were Pharisees, Sadducees, Essenes, Herodians, and there are probably others. There were probably as many denominations of Jews as there are Christians. Maybe not, but there were different mindsets to kind of understand. The leaven of the Pharisees is this. You can be a Christian, but you still need to keep the law for righteousness' sake. You can be a Christian and accept Jesus, but you still need to be circumcised. You know, all of that stuff that Paul dealt with when he was going about and kind of correcting even the disciples. He went to Peter. It's like, hey, you're being a little hypocritical here. You know, you're saying we're free from the law, but yet you're doing all this stuff to please the Pharisees. So the Pharisees, the leaven of the Pharisees is this. Yes, receive Jesus, but you keep the law to stay righteous. Yes, you're accepted and made righteous and born again in Jesus, but you better be careful because you might lose it if you don't behave well. You heard that before? That's the leaven of the Pharisees, that your salvation is attached to your performance. Now, should you continue in sin? No. Okay. And that's what, you know, again, we're going to go through all that again in January and February. We're not saying it's okay to sin. We're not minimizing sin. We're just preaching the gospel. Are you with me? So what is the leaven of Herod? The leaven of Herod is this. Who was Herod? Herod was the king that through kind of scheming, you know, Herod was, the, was the, uh, basically the king of the Jews at the time, at the time of Jesus' birth. He befriended Octavian, who later became Caesar Augustus, who was the, basically the Caesar in Rome. And so because of his... And there's a lot of backstory to it, but because of his political scheming of how he treated Octavian, it, it gave him power once the, the uh, Romans were in power because of how he schemed. And he was of the mindset, remember the Sons of Thunder, 
that said to Jesus, he's floating up out of, you know, he's getting ready to fly up. And they're like, is now the time you're going to restore Israel? You know, they're waiting for this conquering king to come in, overthrow the Romans, overthrow all their oppressors, and they get to be the kings. They get to be the ones. Because remember, they had that prophecy to Abraham that they would be priests over all nations. And that power, I think, went to their head in some ways. The Herodians believed this, that God would come and restore them in power basically over all the world. So the, Hero the leaven of the Herodians, the leaven of Herod is that you will establish the kingdom of God or the rule of Israel through political power. we got a lot of people buying into the leaven of Herod in these days. Now, I'm not saying check out of politics. I'm not saying stick your head in the sand and don't be involved and don't run for office and all that. Absolutely do that because that is reigning until he return. But don't think that those things are going to legislate the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God happens as we clear out all the way, let people connect with him inwardly and train and teach them to live the kingdom inwardly so that it manifests outwardly so that he reigns through us. Do you see the difference? you got a lot of people getting really upset because certain laws are being bent, and, and we should be. I personally believe we should protect life no matter what. That's a big one for me. But then that gets politicized, and people that see that maybe slipping away on some levels get really upset, and as we should be, but it might be misplaced because we're thinking oh no, that law was going to bring in righteousness. That law was going to bring in justice. Laws don't bring in justice. Are you with me? I know I'm kind of saying a lot here, and it's a Christmas message, and it's supposed to be cute and sweet and everything, but this is just where we're going today. So that was the first one, the leaven of the Pharisees and the Herodians. Be careful that you don't let your mindset be too swayed by either one of those or even at all. The other one is remembering the parable of the wheat and the tares. Jesus told us in his parable about the kingdom, when they came and they asked Jesus, they gave this parable about the kingdom. And the parable of the wheat and tares was this. There was a farmer planted. His workers came to him and said, hey, there's a bunch of weeds out there. Didn't you plant good seed? Which is, it's kind of parabolic of us questioning God. You know, I thought you said you were going to give us good things. Why are all these bad things in my life? And Jesus, an explanation of the kingdom is, well, there are weeds. An enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat. And they said, all right, well, here's what we do. We're going to go attack the enemy and we're going to pull out all the weeds. And he said, no, nah, let them both grow up together. Let the wheat grow up and let the weeds grow up and they will become self-evident. In our pursuit to allow Christ to reign in us, you have to remember the wheat is growing and the weeds are growing. The kingdom of God is growing and the kingdom of darkness seems like it's growing. It's just got a louder voice. Which one are you paying attention to? Which one are you allowing to determine your general emotional state of being? Which one are you allowing to determine your outlook? Let me, I'll tell you what, this is where the rubber meets the road. Which one are you allowing to influence your Facebook posts? <laughs> I had to lighten it up a little bit. 
But seriously, right? He told us, that, yeah, the weeds are going to be there. You're not going to lose the wheat because the weeds are there. If you don't see the wheat, repent and believe the gospel. Are you hearing me? If you're seeing whatever it is that you're seeing, if you're, if you're seeing Bill Gates wants to kill about 10% or 15% of our population and sterilize our women and the economic rulers of the planet want to take over and they want to control humanity and they're going to give us carrots of universal income and we're all going to be slaves and then AI is going to come in and we're not going to be human anymore and then they're going to give us vaccines. It's not going to make us change our DNA and we're not even going to be human anymore. And then we're all going to be slaves. If that's what you see and are expecting, where's the wheat? Because it's there. Where's the wheat? Well, it's in you. And no matter what happens to your physical body, the spirit of the living God is in there. No matter what happens to your life and your world, the spirit of the living God is within you and is seeking to reign and is active moving about the earth, seeking to guide you and influence you and lead you in such a way that Christ first and foremost reigns in you so that you reign in life with Him no matter what. Doesn't mean we check out and give up. You don't. It just means how am I going to pursue my path in this life? Yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about these the kinds of things. I, let me just tell you, from the beginning, the enemy has, trying to been, has been trying to enslave mankind and has succeeded in different ways and in different fashions and forms and all the things that we talk about, some more overt than others, which is atrocious. But the enemy has been trying to enslave mankind from the beginning. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. Are we going to let him? And right now it's mostly mental slavery. Locked into all the junk in the world that keeps us from looking at him and seeing him reigning. You know, a lot of us are on the equation of the parable of the kingdom. Why are there weeds here? What's up with these weeds, God? Why are these weeds here? Do we need to attack these weeds? Is your, is your seed not good, God? I thought you were good and only good all the time. All the time only good. I thought only the good things came down from the Father of lights. What's up with these weeds, God? He's like, well, you know, the world. I think, I think if he really gave us a direct answer, he'd say, you did that, you big dummy. You allowed the weeds. Are you going to cultivate them and nurture them and pet them and feed them and look at them and talk to them and look at the weed? Look at my pretty weed. Are we going to look at the wheat? Which one? Which one do you want? Which one are you going to feed and nurture? What seeds are you going to plant? What seeds are you going to cultivate? Because they're, they're battling. They're, they're, they're you know, competing for attention in your thoughts and your mind and your 
your, your focus and your expectations. He said they were going to be there. But he also said the wheat was there. You know, some people pop- popularly say, well, you know, the light's going to get lighter and the dark's going to get darker. That, that's fine. You can say it that way. But don't forget, the kingdom of heaven has been brought near. The kingdom of heaven is within. The almighty, conquering creator of the universe is at hand and present and in you. And he happens to like you. And he is seeking to bless you so that you can be a blessing in the earth and reign with him until he return. 1 Corinthians 15, 24. For he must reign till he's put all enemies under his feet. He's trying to do that through you. Romans 5, 17. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who received God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Remember, from that time on, Isaiah prophesied from that time on the government would be on his shoulders. To the increase of his kingdom there shall be no end. Jesus is walking the land and says, and it says of him, from that time on, from the time that Jesus is walking, the government of the kingdom of God is on his shoulders and he is moving about the earth through his spirit, through the hearts of his church, seeking to rule and reign. I know I've said that like eight times now, but I want it to get in your mind and deep into your heart as well. You will allow Him to reign in you and through you. It's why you stay out of sin. It's why you manage your money biblically. It's why you treat each other with love and kindness because what you're doing is you're preparing your own heart to host the King to reign through you. When worry and fear enters through these eyeballs and clouds the eyes of your heart, you're allowing the world's rulers to reign through you. You're allowing them to win. They bow at the name of Jesus. I have been through economic, demonic oppression. I have been through demonic oppression. Let me just explain. I have been through demonic oppression. I, I have heard the voices. You know, some of you know my testimony, some of you don't. At a certain time, I was hearing voices audibly, demonic boy. I was not saved. I wasn't raised really in a Christian home. Wasn't saved. Was susceptible to all these lies. Hearing voices. And there were times where I would wake up and I couldn't move and I would feel something pushing me down into the bed and I'd hear like Slayer, you know, music with no radio on like death metal music playing in the background, and Jesus, and I'd get Jesus out of my mouth, and boom, it'd stop. Before I knew anything about the Bible or anything about anything about Jesus, I knew that His name chased away dark forces. And I don't want to build a theology out of my circumstance, but it's just true. He is all-powerful. Quit allowing, you know, so your thoughts 
Man, speak the name of Jesus to them. Get a hold of yourself. I, I see in 2021, some of the homework that I'm going to give in 2021 as related to establishing the gospel deep within your heart is to declare who He is and who you are in Him verbally, to speak it out. Not just hear it preached, not just read it, but speak it out. Like a daily confession thing of your identity. Because you need to believe it. And you're preparing your heart and your inner man to host the presence of God so that He will reign through you. And, and I'm telling you, if you don't pray in tongues, you, you should start. Because it's powerful. It's affecting you and the world around you without you even knowing what's happening. Some of y'all have been taught that it's evil and that's the devil making you do it. You've been taught wrong. It's powerful. It's a gift and it's already in you. If you've got God in you, you have the full spirit within you and you have all the gifts. You don't have to wait for another part to come. You just got to step out and use it. You know, the Holy Spirit comes out of heaven and rests on people. Heaven is in you now to yield to it. So my, my, I'm like in 2021 already in a lot of these messages that I'm ready to jump into. I'm just excited. I'm excited to dig into the gospel and live out of the power that is within us for our own sake, for each other's sake, and for the world's sake. Amen? Repent and believe the gospel. Change your mind. Change the way that you think. Not just talking about sin. We're talking about every area. You know, so your homework for the rest of the year is every day when you have a thought, you make a decision, you notice an emotion. First off, just becoming aware of where you are. What, what, am, I, what am I feeling right now? What am I letting influence me right now? Amen. Where, where am I? You know, a lot of times we lay down, we go to sleep, and we don't like what we're hearing. We don't like what we're feeling. So we either take something or we turn the radio on or we leave the TV on to kind of bypass that moment where your heart's going to speak to you because we don't want to face it. Something else that I heard for 2021, it's kind of a King Arthur type thing. If you want the gold, you got to defeat the dragon. There's gold in you, but it's being guarded by a dragon, and sometimes that dragon is yourself, your own thoughts. And the gospel slays that sucker. Are you with me? So what are you taking away? I'll ask a couple of you. What are you taking away today? I'm just interested. What are you taking away today? What is it that's on your heart? Where does your mind go? I'm not necessarily asking you to preach, but just a little something. What's on your heart? What are you taking? Just consciousness of what you just said. It's so real. And we get so absorbed in the world and our environment and everything that's around us. What you, What's on my heart is you put words to what I'm feeling, and it's a, it's an awareness, it's consciousness, and it's a decision of where you're going to listen and where you're going to take your energy. Yeah, it's a decision. We know that, but do we do it? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? I know we don't normally do this, so everybody's like, should I talk? Are we supposed to talk in church? <laughs> Just a couple more. I think it's good. He's here, and we all, you can't say that you don't, we all fall into something demonic or worldly sometimes because it, the Bible says we've all fallen short of it. 
but he is stronger and he can help us. And well, yes, temptation is a thing, but you know, when you read it, there's like a whole party in heaven that Jesus is mm-hmm. and spreading the gospel and just do everything you can because I notice when I like make my day about Jesus and dwell on him and listen to the Bible and spread the word, it, my day just, I just feel happier in general. Praise God. How old are you? I am 13. 13. Yes. Praise God. Wow. Proud parents sitting back there. <laughs> Faith over fear. Every day, you know, every time your your phone is your Facebook or whatever, and you hear this report and that report and this news story, and that's when you just faith over fear over everything that you do, because the world's gonna do what the world's gonna do. People are gonna make choices between life or death, and people are gonna be choosing death, you know, over life. But there's gonna be people choosing life. experienced some losses, people dying and things like that, but we've experienced great, like, provision at the same time, so through all, all of this entire year, I see God's hand, and there's no, there was no reason for us to be afraid, because there were times where we were like, what's going to happen, you know, right. and the airline industry and this, all this stuff, we just were like, okay, we're choosing faith. Choose faith, <clears throat> you know, and that's the thing, is like, we know that, but do we do it? Right. You know, we know it, but do we do it? And we're going to do it in 2021, right? Mm-hmm. I see hands going up. I'm going to make you make it quick. That's where we're intended. You want peace? There's peace. You want happiness? Be happy. You want good? You want God in you? Be God for others. Like, you show kindness, show humility, show the peace, show kindness, show love. Like, you want that? Receive it. Amen. If not... So, it's not hard. And right. We just don't do it. We just don't do it. We're going to do it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to show that to. Just do it. Just do it. We'll play Shia LaBeouf every Sunday. Do it. Jim, last one. Quick, please. Because it works. The word works. You know, he, he, when he came up out of that grave, I don't think I even finished my thought, but when he was on that cross, he became everything that separated us from, man, from the Father. Passed through that grave, destroyed death. His faith was more powerful than death. Death couldn't hold him. He rose up again and destroyed every force that exists that it was against God got the keys to all authority, the keys to heaven, overcame death in the grave, gave those keys to us as joint heirs, 
And so he stripped them of all power and authority. The enemy never has a right to come into your life, ever, no authority. But what he's doing now, it's almost as if now what I'm seeing is Christ, through us, is going about this earth announcing to that dark kingdom that has lost that it's lost. It tries to continue to win and fight its little battles, but we announce to it, no, you've lost, and you've lost first and foremost in my life, and I'm going to help others understand and experience the power, the power of Christ in that you've lost as well. Are you with me? Let's stand up. The dragon's been slayed, but we need to slay our own. Amen. Father, we thank you so much. Jesus, we give you all honor and glory in this place. We thank you for being obedient to the death of the cross. We thank you for staying faithful on that cross and for absorbing all of my punishment, disease, my wickedness, my sin. You became all of that stuff. You absorbed it and you took the penalty for all of that so that nothing could be held against me, not so that I could continue in sin, but so that I could live in freedom. You passed through that grave and conquered everything that separates us from the Father. You gave us that power as well. You rose with your own blood and you entered into that heavenly holy of holies and cleansed that place of defilement, of accusation against your creation. And then you turn and you offer salvation through what you've done to us. And then when we say yes, you pick us up and you present us wholly to the Father, which is where we are now in your arms, hidden with you in the Father forever. And we go back into this world out of that victory and announce to this world, the kingdom of God is near. Say yes to Jesus and the kingdom of heaven is in you. And we will let you reign in us and through us by your power. Father, I speak life and health over every person in this place, over every person watching and listening. Thank you that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of us, giving life to our physical bodies. Jesus wasn't afraid of viruses. We're going to be smart. We're going to be honoring. We're going to walk lovingly toward one another. But we are also going to stand in the healing power of our living God. Father, thank you that your life is inside of us. We were dead in our sin, but now we're alive in Christ. And that life overcomes everything that this world has to offer. In 2021, we will reestablish our hearts in your gospel, and we will walk in the power of your spirit. Father, thank you for that. I speak life over every person's finances in this place, Father. I thank you that you are developing generosity in each and every one of us as a sign of your reigning through us. We are not under obligation, but we are blessed to be a blessing. Father, just, Father, I thank you that each one of us in this place and are watching or listening, we allow you to develop a mindset of generosity within us so that we let your blessing flow through us. Not out of guilt, not out of manipulation, but out of freedom. We are free in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that we are free in you in all areas. Amen. amen. Jesus, we worship you. Father, we praise you. Amen and amen.